keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts, the roast of Bully Ray, Bubba Ray Dudley, depending on uh, what company he is in the good graces of at the time. And we got a special guest today. Mike Lawrence is going to be joining us. Hello, Mike. Thank you for... (laughs) Mike has a real writing job, so that just shows you how much he hates Bubba, that he was able to make this work. (laughs) <laughs> yeah man um less and less special each week but yeah i i uh work ended early i i could say what i'm working on now um the pete davidson show bupkis um yay, yay. Today, uh with uh joe pesci is in this show which is insane writing joe pesci for... would be a good dudley boy yeah he would um and I think he he he'd handle the roast joke better because anyone would. Well, uh, he just wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't agree to do it. No, <laughs> see, it. I think if you're going to use Pesci, you got to use him in the Paul Ellering position with the Road Warriors. Him being three and a half Hello? feet tall, being surrounded by the Road Warriors, talking tough would be fucking fantastic. I think he should be. Uh, I think he should be his 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 Madrugas dummy. I think that would be more fun. <laughs> But um, this is, uh, you know, um, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to 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 ruin it when I ask him about gone fishing. Uh, <laughs> I would not. I mean, I would not let you two talk. I would. Edie Edie's a sweetheart. Apparently, my dad worked yeah. through on something. The Edie Falco's know. also on the show. No, so that's yeah. cool, man. Um, and Edie uh, Falco yeah. could talk to anybody, but I can't. I can't see. A, I can't see a world in which Mike Lawrence and Joe Pesci are like yucking it up. But maybe, who knows? There's been stranger things. He's like, how am I funny? I'm like, Emo Phillips funny. Oh, that's good. <laughs> It'll be so <laughs> weird if you like knew like all this like alt comedy. He's like, I'm a big I'm a big Kindler guy. Or um, he 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 knows all about wrestling. He's like, Kip Sabian, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> uh, he definitely fortunately for him, he definitely doesn't know. We'll, if you, we'll get to that. If you talk slower, he'll think you're Fred Gwynn's son. So you guys will get along great. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know who that is, but let's he was the he was the judge of my cousin Vinny. Oh, okay. he was also oh. Fred Munster in the Monsters to tie in a he conversation was that wasn't recorded. Herman Munster. He he was great in that movie. I just rewatched that movie a couple months ago. Great yeah, movie. He's yeah. fantastic. All right, let's get to uh what's coming up. Um our Patreon schedule, guys, we switched it up a little. We're going to do the roast of Donald Trump next week. This week, we're doing the Scorpion King. I just wanted to give us uh, a nice week to write for Bubba and not have to write for two guys. Two yeah, big two fat. awful New Yorkers. Two awful New Yorkers. Let's just do one at a time. But I did watch the Scorpion King. It is a hunk of shit. I don't think it craps the top five worst things we've seen. Oh, not even. Um, cl- maybe maybe but- some of the direct-to-video sequels. Well, yeah, I mean, this. Oh, geez, I was—I really could have 
fucked us and gotten, but they, they don't even have those on Peacock. So I think they were like, I think they were produced by like, uh, you know, the Fratelli brothers, like in their basement or something. It, it's it's pretty crazy. But all right, so we got the Scorpion King on August 29th. We got the roast of Donald Trump September 5th. This is all our five dollar tier, folks. September 12th, uh, we're off. September 19th, I was originally going to do the first in your house, but somebody recommended this instead, and you know we're taking uh, suggestions, folks. Uncensored 1998, WCW. September 26th, The Roast of Johnny Ace. October 3rd, we're going to have a mailbag episode. October 10th, we're off. October 17th, Halloween Havoc 1996. October 24th, Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies. That's an actual movie starring Kurt Angle. We're going to watch that. And October... That's also any uh, WrestleMania before 2010. <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, I was like, there's a th- when, when we're talking about Greg the Hammer Valentine at a legend signing, you know, he could he could be in either category. Um, yeah, I was gonna say it's the who plays the pro wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, and if you're ten dollars, uh, I'm doing TNA pay per view every week. I just, I just, I've done the first two already, folks. So I've done a Victory Road, and I did uh, what's the what's the fucking third one here? Um. Really memorable Turning show point. for you. There Turning you go. point, 2004. Thank you. Um, that was one of their big four in the beginning, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think there was. I think there was a big 12 right in the beginning. They were just a pay-per-view company. But um, for a regular show, uh, as far as roasts coming up, we, we're doing the roast of Puppet today. September 9th is our next regular episode roast. We're doing the roast of The Miz. September 30th, we're doing the roast of the XFL. October 14th, the roast of the Von Eric should be our much depressing roast. And October 21st, the roast of Dracula. <laughs> I still have that slotted in there, guys. I'll, Let's I'll see. say the roast of the Von Erichs will only be depressing if you make fun of everyone but Fritz. If you just like the bright side is just, he's a great dad. And then the roast is just <laughs> making fun of the kids. <laughs> of all the people who had enough. Nazi gimmick. He was the nicest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he 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 was. I mean, we should do an episode of just like biggest Nazis in wrestling. Roski seems like a nice dude. He seems like a cool dude. Roski seems like a good guy. Heidenreich was a nice guy. There's a lot of Nazis in wrestling. Like, is it, well, is it Borga Nazi? Was an actual Nazi, right? Ludwig Borga was a Nazi. The the Harris brothers supposedly had SS tattoos. Dr- uh, Dick Murdoch was a Klan member. Jim, Dick Murdoch was a Klan member. Jim Ross is on dynamite. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, okay. hey, hey, he's been on a few dark journeys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. By the way, like. <laughs> As pissed off as Conrad got at that roast, he wanted me to like make a dark journey pussy reference at one point. So come on, man. Practice what you preach. Uh, let's get to the bright side of Bubba Ray. If you're new to the show, we talk before we uh, roast them, we talk about what's great about our uh, our subject. And, you know, for wrestling, there, there is stuff to talk about with Bubba. Um, I'll just go into it. Great matches with the Hardys and, and Edge and Christian, which we all knew. Um, Huge stars in ECW. I remember one of the few ECW pay-per-views I bought, we bought Hardcore Heaven 1999, and they just slotted Bubba Ray in the the main event. And it worked, man. I mean, it was, you know, I think it was supposed to be somebody else, but they had to tell the story then, and and ECW crowds were so hot, they were forgiving. 
just what had happened. I remember one of the one of the things that he did really well was actually a promo Mike you sent me, which is when he reveals that he's in the aces and eights, which is you know kind of a stupid storyline. The kind promo, of? the <laughs> promo itself is legitimately good and makes sense and kind of amazing because he's kind of got to do. You know, a lot of the things that like uh, a lot of the praise that John Moxley does is that gets is that he redcons a lot of Tony's promos because he has to make them sense like after the fact. And that's what total that's totally what this promo is, uh, you know, definitely in the top 10 tag teams of all time, maybe top five, depending on how you look at it. Uh, great talker and, and kayfabe accomplishments. Baltimore Sun Tag Team of the Year, eight time ECW Tag Champion. Cauliflower Alley Club, two-time IWGP Tag Team Champion, uh, Pro, in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. He was two in the two-time Match of the Year, two-time Tag Team Champion of the Year, Tag Team of the Decade. He was a Ring of Honor Six-Man Tag Champion, two-time NWA World Champion, TNA World Champion, TNA Hall of Fame, two-time TNA Tag Champion, NWA Tag Champion, ten-time WWE Hardcore Champion, ten-time WWE Tag Champion. And in the WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, the guy has done a lot. I, I, I think that he's gotten in wrestling, he has earned. Because his personality is too shitty for him not to have earned it. Um, <laughs> yeah, including the heat. He's earned it all. <laughs> he's earned, yeah. So I will say, like, I, I one of the things I will say about Brightside Bubba is I can never say he's untalented. Because I do think he's he's a good professional wrestler and I think he's a great talker and I do think he gets, he gets the business. So that's my, uh, that's my bright side of Bubba. Robert, what's your bright side of Bubba Ray Dudley? Great calves. <laughs> he gets every fat guy, <laughs> asshole. That's that, that was his shtick for what he, he made the most of what he had when, when they talk about Paul Heyman and ECW being able to hide weaknesses and enhance strengths that was Bubba. Bubba's a guy who who doesn't look particularly athletic. He doesn't wrestle particularly athletic. He got over the shtick that they gave him with the Dudleys. Him and Devon became an all-time tag team. They're one of the few to really make that transition from ECW to WWE with their gimmick and it working on a larger uh, a larger stage. They were uh, so good, Vince didn't even realize he was pushing a black guy. <laughs> exactly. Um, he, uh, he, you know, the, the, the table spots were super over. Like, that was, during the Attitude Era, one of the reasons why people went to shows. They wanted to see. They still chant, we want tables, because of those Dudley spots. And and the moments with him putting Mae Young or Trish through the tables were, were iconic moments. His promos that he would cut in ECW, where he would just try to get the fans angry, uh, were a blast to watch, which would make you think he has a sense of humor, and you'd be wrong. Yeah, my for show in hell, uh, we're we're doing his heat wave promo, and <laughs> uh, my my note for it was, wow, he seems like he would be a really fun roaster. You'd you think, know? yeah, uh, he he's a guy who loves the business, maybe a little too much. He 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 constantly de- you know defends it. Um, He's someone who sort of people begrudgingly have to respect what he did as a tag team wrestler with Devon. He's not a particularly well-liked guy of people who work with him in the industry, but they have to say, look, this was 
a fantastic tag team in a company, the WWE, that didn't really push tag teams. At that era, it was just them, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and like the APA, and they still made it work. Uh, as a single star in TNA, he showed that he's someone who could assume that top position or, or be a top tier performer for, for that company. Uh, and he's had longevity. He's, you know, they can say they're the only guys who held the WWF, WCW, ECW, TNA, Ring of Honor, whatever the fuck they held titles. Um, and it's because they are just an iconic duo. And they're one of those teams that casual fans or people don't really watch wrestling. They know the Dudley boys. They, they know or have seen something of it whether it's a TLC match or, or a table spot, uh, they could have just been public enemy part two and they, they overcame that. And I think that's the biggest compliment you can say about, about Bubba. Uh, Scott, you just joined us. Uh, um, w- 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 what's some bright side for you with Bubba Ray Dudley? And Ooh. I apologize guys. Uh, I'm sorry, Scott. Uh, if, if I sound a little bit, I'm, I'm recording this from a hotel the laptop didn't work. I'm doing it from a from a phone. I know this isn't ideal. Thank you for be- for bearing with me. Does Scott? the couple know you're in their room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bubba. To me, hmm, you you got to look at it and go maybe top five out of ECW. And I'm not. I mean, look, Jericho doesn't count. Eddie doesn't count. Malenko doesn't count. We all know uh, they made that up. <laughs> to, that's not real. Um, he is what? It's Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn, and then he's probably what five or six. Bully Ray is a fantastic gimmick. There was no doubt at one moment in time. Now look, wrestling sucked at that time, but he was like the best heel in the business for a minute, and he was in TNA being the best heel in the business. That's insane. Uh, it does say a lot about the wrestling at the time, but it also says a lot about him. He can talk. He is fantastic on the mic. Those it was, it was during the Randy he's... really doesn't want to try period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that narrows yeah, it down, Dan. Three to 2020. Yeah. As soon as, Ra- <laughs> as, soon as Ra- yeah, 2016. As soon as Randy started trying, he's the best heel in the business. He just decides to take like year breaks and do it. <laughs> yeah, he tries. Yeah. Once every leap year. Um, <laughs> I. Okay. Dudley boys as a team, right? Better than Edge and Christian. No doubt. And I, I think in, in to me, there is more like uh, kayfabe acclaim for them because they were in other promotions, unlike the Hardys, where they did win, win a bunch of tag gold. Like the big thing to me as a kid was the WWE pushing that they were the only team to win the ECW titles, the WCW titles and the WWE titles. Like that mattered to me as a kid, you know? Uh, yeah, they're just like super decorated. Their finisher... Maybe, maybe the best tag team fin. What's a better tag finisher? The 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 uh the Steiner. I mean, maybe finisher, do, maybe, maybe doomsday maybe doomsday device. Yeah, maybe. That, yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, it's because like, yeah, Doom, right? Doomsday Device, the guy's legitimately worried about like dying, and most guys didn't want to take it. You could do the 3D to pretty much anybody, and it was and magic. Cool. And and like the RKO, it's like could happen at any moment, and so the matches were always interesting. I mean, to make a table interesting, you know. Edge and Christian still, they cannot make a chair interesting. And a ladder is already interesting. All you got to do is fall off of it. To make a table interesting is that takes something. And to be that fat and ugly and to succeed is takes something. <laughs> I think that that is, no, I honestly think that is something because he's not Dude, even like, there's nothing not, like, 
like Bubba and ECW. Fun fat. It's yeah. not like Yokozuna fat. It's no. not like it's not even like Omaga fat where you're like, wow, this is a big guy and he can really throw himself around. Like Bubba is Dan Saint Germain, Mike Lawrence fat. Dude, you know what I mean? His it's ECW like, promos when he's like shitting on people in the audience, it's like he's yelling at a mirror. Just like pretend yeah. he's yelling at a mirror, and it's the same insults. <laughs> but he like to that to like that them. point, one of his bright spots is he looks like a deathmatch wrestler who never had to do death matches. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Like I was watching his top moves, and look, Bubba doesn't pull out crazy moves, but like the Bubba bomb, like a very simple move. I always loved it as a kid. I thought it was great. I still like it. It's a cool looking move. Uh, yeah, he was a blast. All that was up shit, whether that was him or Devon, but like the constant, I know what's up is a Budweiser catchphrase, but you know, to do that move with the tongue sticking out and the headbutt on the dick, like just two super creative guys. And then Bubba obviously continued being creative. I have no issues with him other than he is an intense hard ass when he is like in a, the land of make-believe, you know, like there's no reason to be a hard ass. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody can say it better than that. Mike, um, I actually don't know. I know your opinion of Bubba personally, but I don't know your opinion of the Dudley boys. Are you a Dudley boys guy? Yeah, man. I think they're awesome. You know, um, I mean, the the the, the concrete, uh, the cement with Paul Bearer. And <laughs> I mean, but you look at like, there is something like really respectable about about this guy, you know, his journey, right? Like, one of the, you know, like almost every New Jersey, New York dude, like trained by Johnny Rods. Like, I mean, and then, you know, he was one of those dudes, like when he was in ECW, did actual jobs, right? He helped like sell the shirts. He helped like design the shirts. Like that, that shit, like, is impressive to me. The, the work ethic of that, you know, I, I think that's a part of ECW that, sometimes gets forgotten and maybe not everyone had to do it but those originals like you know that that lifer mentality that he still has like it was crazy when at the flare roast he's like you know me from ecw despite the career he's had he did put so much of himself in it you know and then you look at like uh tony khan please listen to this part but uh when you have a big faction of a bunch of different characters pick the two or three that you like the most and push them. That's how you make stars. <laughs> yeah, look, at, that's like, what he's doing with the Trust Busters. They're going to yeah, be like, huge. Like, you know, like Dark Order and stuff is like, hey, what if dances with Dudley's never left? And Big Dick Duckley stayed the whole time. Like, <laughs> but they really did like take all these dudes. And when you first see the Dudleys, it is a parade of guys. And then they were like, no, these two. And and they well, did these like, two, fucking... these three. I would I put Spike in there too. Eventually, yeah, I would. I would too. I, I didn't mean a, a slight to Spike. Uh, he's suffered enough. Uh, <laughs> and he's he is my that. That scene in Beyond the Mad is my favorite scene in that movie of him yes. quoting Shakespeare covered in blood. It's the fucking best. Um, but no, I, I think like, yeah, that work ethic and you could see it also creates bitterness. So when people have to like really pay their dues and work fucking hard, then they expect everyone to in a similar way. And yeah, man, like the love that is undeniable, the love that he has for professional wrestling it is fitting he was born with the name mark because he is one. <laughs> um, but like you know to when when i was looking the research today like i'd forgotten you know like oh yeah he is a hall of famer he is this he is that and 
And I don't question any of that. I think he deserves all of it. I think, you know, that uh, is the one thing researching him is you do not, you have to give him his, the devil is due as far as his wrestling. And I think that like, and we've, we've, we've roasted way bigger devils. <laughs> Anyways, like this, this is a guy that, that didn't laugh at your jokes. If anything, he's relatable. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> his biggest crime is uh, a crime thousands of people have committed in comedy clubs across the country uh, <laughs> mike and all laugh they're too busy uh filling out the comment cards <laughs> <laughs> why no, didn't but, i just uh, go to uh, avatar he... <laughs> no there is something yeah like admirable and yeah his solo shit in tna i think i think wwe missed the ball on not giving it a chance well, Not apparently, at least trying um, the solo character. Uh, apparently, they were going to give the. Um, this is so funny, but they were gonna. They were basically gonna make. They were gonna bring Bully Ray in and make it, but they basically gave Bully the Ryback the gimmick they were gonna give Bully. Oh wow! Which is Bully backstage? Because um, part of the problem was like when they came back, it did it did just feel like a nostalgia act, like when they feuded with. Enzo and Cass, it felt like old guys versus new guys, and 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 it's interesting when they felt so edgy and new at an extreme so many years ago. But when you do just repeat the catchphrases and the table spots and all of that, but, but you yeah, know, I mean, like not I mean, to not to not to like bury Bubba as great as he was in TNA. I don't think that that would have worked in WWE. Like as far as him being the top heel. He just, I just, you know, like. You I don't know, know like, if it would it, work as a top heel. I'm just saying. Yeah. At least give it a shot. That's well, all. They, yeah. What what kind of cut his legs out from under him is when they split the Dudleys up. Was and they we made, saw what his legs looked like. Yes. And they made, <laughs> they made Devon the Reverend on SmackDown with Batista. And they gave Bubba kind of a push on Raw. But then Austin left. And they filled that spot with Bubba. Like Bubba became like the Steve Austin role. And the audience kind of rejected it they're like you're not we're not accepting you as a single star yet let alone a top tier single star who's going in there with like lesnar uh and devon's gimmick floundered so badly as the reverend they were like well the dudleys sell a lot more merchandise as a duo so we're going to cut this experiment short i think maybe had austin not left and had they let bubba kind of grow a little bit he could have been a decent upper mid-card guy for raw at that time and had a little bit more longevity and maybe developed into this, this bully Ray character instead of, you know, dollars and cents of wrestling Dudley boys merchandise sold a lot and they were better as a team than they were as single stars. So, well, that, that, that whole, you know, thing, um, it did work out for Batista. <laughs> yeah. Batista benefited the most from the Dudley split. I remember like that was when I started watching wrestling again. And when I saw Deacon Batista, Deacon, Deacon Batista, <laughs> you know, but when I saw him, I was like, that guy looks like a fucking star. Yeah. It was like insane. I, that's always something I thought about. But, you know, I never think Batista's that great in ring. But every time when I wasn't watching wrestling at that time, and when I would pass the channels and I would stop when I saw Batista, Batista or yeah, Lesnar, because they look different. Yeah. Him and Lesnar were two of the last guys where you're like, what the fuck? Like, that is not that's not what a person looks like. And it was yeah. 
after there had been steroid trials. So you're like, how I did mean, great Kali we had. We had that's not what a person. They had Kali. Like, they they tried it with Matt Morgan, but a stuttering gimmick is so fucking stupid. No one's gonna get that over. <laughs> All right, let's get to the roast because we we do have a lot to talk about today. Um, Mike, since you're here, you uh, you dealer's choice, buddy. Um, I I will go first. Um, I haven't done a non-gimmick roast in a good while, so here we go. Um, so let's see here. Uh, today we're roasting Bully Ray. This was originally supposed to be the Triple H roast, but it's not like that guy has done anything interesting in the last few months. <laughs> we switched to the bigger star because we love our fans. Bully Ray. <laughs> yes, we care about our fans just as much as we're afraid of upsetting anyone at WWE. <laughs> Maybe someday there will be a Triple H roast, but for now, we're roasting a guy that would seem a lot more likely to have heart problems. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking Bully Ray, also known as Little Dick Dudley. Is that a well written joke? No. But it is the one that will hurt his feelings. <laughs> who was that guy who called me Little Dick Dudley? <laughs> if he was a foot shorter and a hundred pounds lighter, the only place you'd see him is online yelling at a cashier at his local bagel shop. <laughs> Bully Ray dislikes roasting, but will still show up and give a half-ass performance at one anyway. So I guess he doesn't like wrestling either. <laughs> Bully Ray doesn't have a main a mean thing to say about Ric Flair. Not because he loves wrestling and Rick, but because he hates flight attendants. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you don't feel comfortable doing the Ric Flair roast, just don't do it. That's what my therapist told me. And I'm happier. Uh, yeah, well, three weeks since I've done coke. <laughs> <laughs> He got genuinely upset at the at the jokes Dan made about him when he could have just done what we all do, fake laugh and tell him he's great. <laughs> <laughs> Bully Ray looks like a guy who says he can't be racist because some of his best tag team partners are black. <laughs> Bully is the most famous fat Italian guy that wasn't memorably whacked on The Sopranos. <laughs> Bully helped put ECW on the map, and Tommy Dreamer paid for that map. <laughs> <laughs> he once put Fabulous Moolah through a table, much to the applause of the audience and the ghost of oppressed women wrestlers everywhere. <laughs> when the brand split happened, Devon became a reverend, and Bubba became a fat guy not self-aware enough to realize he shouldn't wear shorts. <laughs> he's such a big fucking baby and not just because he looks like a villain from Rugrats <laughs> <laughs> he's famous for being in TLC matches too bad his role wasn't Lisa Left Eye Lopez <laughs> <laughs> he never could make it as a top single star in WWE but did in TNA which means he'll be feuding with Jungle Boy any day now <laughs> <laughs> He loves pro wrestling. He lives pro wrestling. He breathes pro wrestling. Well, he certainly doesn't look like he breathes oxygen. And finally, Bully Ray currently can't get a job in AEW, TNA, or WWE, but he loves wrestling so much. I haven't seen this much of a one-sided relationship since Robert and Vince. 
or Scott and Tony Khan, <laughs> or Dan in the audience at the roast of Ric Flair. <laughs> That's it for me. Uh, yeah, thank God for Reddit, folks, because that room did not like me. All right, Mike, who's next? Uh, let's go with uh, you. All right. You know what, guys? I'm not going to make fun of Bubba Ray. <laughs> Bubba is a legend, and we should all be proud to roast him. Also, I'm ripping this note because it's badass, and not at all that I have a learning disability. <laughs> <laughs> For years to be a wrestling star, you needed a good look and even better charisma. But Bubba did it with a bad body and even worse personality. <laughs> He put women through tables so they didn't have to see him eat at one. <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for wrestling, Bubba would just be another fat dad ruining a New Jersey school board meeting. A penis <laughs> is a penis, a vagina is a vagina. Um, his first gimmick was stuttering, which is Brett's last gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> He's known. You know, Goldberg helped write that joke <laughs> yeah, yeah he's known for tlc the match not the tlc his mom never gave <laughs> he proved all the doubters wrong and became tna champ that's right in tw 2012 <laughs> nobody in america nobody on earth ever thought that tna would still be in business <laughs> the only reason bubba wasn't prosecuted for january 6th is that he couldn't climb the steps <laughs> for bubba the sky's the limit I'm talking about Velvet's restraining order. He put Mae Young through a table, which in WWE is the closest you'll come to a pension. His finish was the 3D, while the 2D is his cup size. An accomplished champion, he's known for unifying the titles. These include the WWE tag, the WCW tag, and the Nathan's hot dog. Uh, that's my Letterman joke. He... he he looks like what would happen if all the Roseanne characters morphed into one. <laughs> Before Velvet Sky, he was no action Bronson. He joined Busted Open to play the role of guy who makes Mark Henry look like Neil deGrasse Tyson. He coined, get the table, opposed to get the sable, which is what Brock screams when the ATF raids his farm. Kids, get the sable. <laughs> and finally, Bubba now runs a wrestling school in Kissimmee, Florida, which sounds like something Taz makes hook do before he leaves the house. Hey, before you party with your friends, Kissimmee. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. One of my favorite jokes is so stupid. Oh, I remember oh. Hook. He used to be on Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, uh, Robert, uh, you go next because you'll be the one who says it's Kissimmee. Um, I, I'm resisting the urge. I don't want to ruin the joke. <laughs> oh, is that? We have a uh, similar yeah. autism. Yes. Kissimmee. Uh, Kissimmee. It still works. Kissimmee. It's, it's very funny. Kissimmee. Kissimmee. <laughs> it's, it's Kissimmee. Kissimmee. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm 145th Cherokee. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley is so dumb he had to change his name to Bully Ray just to remember what his gimmick was. <laughs> it's easy to tell the Dudley boys apart. Bubba's the white guy, 
while Devon is the guy everyone in the industry actually likes, respects, and is willing to hire. <laughs> Bully Ray is a former TNA world champion. In case you ever wondered why Vince never took that company seriously. Look at his physique. The only place Bubba's considered an athlete is the Special Olympics. And even then, he may be too fucked in the head to qualify. <laughs> Devon always had to be the one to get the tables because Bubble wasn't smart enough to figure out how they worked. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's because he was black. I'm not saying Bubba was racist, but the only reason he didn't storm the Capitol was because it involved cardio. <laughs> In high school, Bubba was a member of the track team. He was used as a hurdle. <laughs> he started his career wrestling as Mongo Vile. Because apparently naming yourself huge asshole was just a little too on the nose. <laughs> In ECW, he was a stuttering, dancing, overweight Southern hillbilly, which was a real stretch for him since he wasn't Southern. Bubba's promos in ECW would incite near riots, while his in-ring work would incite a stampede to the restroom. <laughs> Bubba's a host on Busted Open. His job is to make Tommy Dreamer seem like the rational one. <laughs> In TNA, he competed as Brother Ray, mainly because he thought it would give him permission to use the N-word. <laughs> Bully Ray competed in Ring of Honor, because when you think technically skilled athletic high flyers, you think Bully Ray. <laughs> Tony Khan had to buy ROH after Bully's catering demands almost put the company out of business. <laughs> Bubba has 26 different action figures, Mike Lawrence says into a snow globe before drifting off to sleep. <laughs> this this entire podcast is just a, a dream an autistic Mike is having. <laughs> Bubba dated Velvet Sky. So yes, he knew how to get good meth. <laughs> Bubba made it into the WWE Hall of Fame making him the only Dudley Hall of Famer who lacks the ability to drive a limo. <laughs> Bubba seemed to take exception to Dan's jokes at the roast of Ric Flair. Either that, or he thought Dan was the ghost of Balls Mahoney and was too scared to laugh. <laughs> In the end, Bubba Ray Dudley proved that you don't need talent, or a good physique, or a likable personality, or decent personal hygiene, or a conscience to succeed in this business. <laughs> you just need the ability to get people to get excited to see you beat up women and put them through a table. <laughs> Robert Carpolis, everybody. Robert Carpolis. Oh, man. That was the first ever James Dudley joke that has been told on this show. <laughs> that's, that's a new one. Uh, uh, Scott, man, take us home. All right, here we go. Bubba Ray Dudley. In ECW, his checks bounce so much. I started thinking they were his titties. <laughs> Bubba Ray, he's just Paul Heyman raised Catholic, I think. That's all it is. <laughs> Bubba Ray, uh, he wore camouflage because he fought in Operation Dessert Storm. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I told him he had a chip on his shoulder and he got mad when it wasn't Laser Doritos. <laughs> if TNA, he looked like Larry. Is this on cable, guys? How, where do we watch this? How do people watch this? Uh, in TNA, they changed their name to Team 3D because their stomachs jumped through the screen. <laughs> 3D actually stands for type 3 diabetes. 
<laughs> in the 90s, Ring of Honor is what Bubba called random onion rings he'd find in his Burger King fries. <laughs> the Ring of Honor. ROH backwards is what his mother is. H O R. If Taz is Taz, Bubba is Elmer Fudd. Tommy Dreamer, Bubba, sleep apnea. He's buried a lot of young talent, and that's not including mass transit. <laughs> looks like Grumpy Cat. He looks like if Garfield hated every day. <laughs> He's Bobby over the hill. Uh, in TNA, he married Hulk's daughter, Brooke, making it the biggest car wreck a Hogan's been involved in. <laughs> uh, Spike Dudley was named after what he'd have to do to a girl's drink to get laid. <laughs> despite it uh he named a serious radio show after what devon looks like when he bleeds a busted open radio like the cuba gooding jr movie radio busted open radio. Oh, that was a stretch <laughs> yeah it was a stretch <laughs> <laughs> uh he's the guy who works a carnival ride but has no time for kitty bullshit i'm not playing around it's a playhouse mister <laughs> he does and, and finally Vince didn't want to push the Dudleys because Devon saying oh my brother testify made him remember Hogan in the steroid trial <laughs> oh that was great and in true Bubba Ray form guys like as if they knew they were doing we were doing our roast this week it seems like all of the internet hates Bubba this week <laughs> again there's like, an evergreen could, statement it's just more organic. The same way Cardona, he went after Cardona. Cardona basically said that you can't work in. It didn't seem, that didn't seem like a work, right, Robert? You think they're working? I, with Cardona, he's always trying to make a buck off of it. Yeah. He's, he's a great carny, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, so uh, that happened this week. And then also Bubba this past week said Io Shirai and Dakota Kai were bad in the ring, which just doesn't even, like, doesn't even make any sense. Well, he like, also it, said that they that they should trade Jericho back to WWE wait, and for exchange Roman, for Roman. Right? For Roman, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine? A man. Like, like <laughs> I don't even. Yeah, I mean, first off, could you imagine like how much harder the EA? And we'll talk about it, but the AEW locker room has got to be if it was like if it was like Roman the elite and Kenny all together. I mean, that would just be three different gigantic camps. Um, but uh, let's get to show and hell, which is kind of a, the, I, I, I say hey, Roman would love to be in AEW. They, they don't put any of their stars on TV every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Bubba's super heat promo. It's from heat wave. This is like the one where he tells, uh, you know, a, a, a mother, whether or not he, she taught her daughter how to suck cock. Uh, the promo's a blast, man. I mean, from the same guy who brought you Vicky Guerrero is an angel at the Ric yeah, Flair room, yeah, yeah. which she is, but it's a roast, dude. Just fucking yes. Yeah, yes, again, we because we do need to mention the, the, that part of the 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 bully Ray at the roast of Ric Flair with Dan. I know we brought it up a few weeks ago, but it was very obvious. It's just his he was gonna bomb if he said the jokes that were on his paper. And so he had to act better than it, and like everybody did a bad thing, and he loves pro wrestling. It's almost like he was trying to get a job within the Conrad universe. Uh, well, he's certainly not going to get a job in AEW. So, 
which is crazy when you think of some of the people they've hired on both on both in both companies. You know, yeah, I mean, we already have our fat guy that yells and wants to start real fights. Yeah, and and I have a question: Is th- th- there is something about a guy like Bully Ray who is is so ang- often angry at young talent and and kind of like ruining the industry, but he has a a radio station that exposes the business every morning. Yeah, but they and, pay and that shits on people. And but but what I'm saying is, in the, isn't that well, did, worse? Did you the guys send that? Did I send the original video? Is a guy gossiping about it on radio every day? Scott, Scott, did I send you guys the original busted open clip that we were going to use? Which was, it was just like it was Dave Lagreca and Bubba Ray just destroying this guy for having a different opinion. <laughs> <laughs> like and they tried to make it like you just have a different opinion so you hate us but they were like doing and exactly- listen i i wouldn't mind but it's just i think it is weird that he's someone who it's kind of like a cornet situation where you're being so critical but you're exposing the business more than anybody all you're doing is telling stories about how wrestling is not real yeah nothing makes it faker than this is the one way things should always be done yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, it, it just kind of sucks that that's like, uh, you know, like as a wrestling fan, we don't get a lot of great news. <laughs> you know, we have like busted open. We have the Observer. I'm pretty sure now the Observer that not only is WWE giving Dave no information, AEW is also now giving Dave no information. So, like that, it really is just. I mean, the Observer now more than ever, more than ever has been. It's just pissed off wrestlers leaving dave dms and dave reading them um so it's you know and then a lot of these other places which i, I would say wrestle inc is a my buddy nick over there that's an exception but a lot of these other places they're so um you know they're so in intertwined with wwe and with that business model that it's, it's almost impossible to get real reporting out of it but it's a silly fucking sport so why am i reading the news about it that's really the big question um so heat you, wave uh, 99 was cool because they they referenced yeah. luchasaurus's mom skankasaurus so <laughs> it was a nice little uh we'll get to that his face spat on that's some good shit yeah that is that is true it's a great i mean it's a great promo he does a great job i will I'll say this will say yeah you th- go ahead mike sorry oh i will say this about this promo is that i think in a bubble as its own thing it is this like cool awesome moment but for all the people who just wish all wrestling was ECW, this isn't sustainable. Just this, like, you watch it, and there's a lot of fun, like, heating and stuff, but the lines aren't that great. Like, there isn't really a story being told in terms of what a promo is and, you know, what is it promoting? Like, yeah, it's them, and they're going out there and yelling at people, but, like, at the same time, like, when people people will watch this, and I'm sure half the comments are, "This is when wrestling was at its best. This is what wrestling should be." I'm like, if there's one character doing this type of thing, yes, you know, and like, and I and I think that MJF really took like this kind of thing and elevated it because he was able to fucking insult the crowd in a believable way. You know, like that that one line, right? Like your mom swallows the, the D&D stuff where he's making like the D&D nerd stuff like feels like the modern equivalent of this. But he's also talking about the person he's feuding with and all of that shit and making you care. But I mean, I think this so this is like important and influential. But in the same way, it's like it's also like watching this is like listening to like 
really old punk music where <laughs> it's just kind of noisy and you're like well it'll inspire better things but it really is just three chords and uh, a lot of yelling and it's also inelegant because the whole skill to being a wrestling heel is you're generally in front of a family-friendly audience and you have to incite the crowd but you can't curse and you can't be explicit if if you were allowed to curse and be explicit Anybody can get up there and, and do that, especially some of the more skilled heels. The yeah, fact but that, it does out of his face. It does seem like it fits. Yeah, you know, it does seem like it fits. But it's like if you if you let Ric Flair go out there and gave him no no uh, boundaries whatsoever. I mean, he's the guy who almost cost the WWE when he was in Madison Square Garden in front of the advertisers talking about making virgins bleed. If he had no filter and, and can go out there and say whatever he wants, it would be Fun. I can't imagine Once. what a Ric Flair with no boundaries would be like. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, and I agree with Robert because if, you know, yeah, guys weren't doing that, but because guys didn't know you could do, like, I'm sure nobody in ECW thought you could go out there and describe, like, the size of a cock and how it's going to go up somebody's hat. Like, they just didn't know you yeah, could do Yeah, what was that. it about the 90s where, like, black cock was the most devastating thing you could say about somebody? Well, yeah, I know. People are strange, you know. but Because they it, just it, got the internet. So before that, <laughs> most guys hadn't seen a black guy's cock. And, and it wasn't like Andy Griffith's show was talking about it. Yeah, and I do love the no, no boundaries of it, but it does remind me of, remember the diva search where some girl called a girl a cunt or something on television? Was that what it was? I forget. She called her like a bitch or a cunt when WWE wasn't doing it. And Triple H backstage was like, he was feuding with Taker at the time. And he's like, well, why don't I go out next week and say like, he's a fucking, you know, bit like, it's like now everybody looks stupid on the show because you called this girl a cunt. And, you know, Jericho in the last segment had to call someone a, like a knucklehead. <laughs> yeah. Right. But that's why WWE PG was always getting crucified because it was Roman going out there and saying like suffering succotash and you know well, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your butt because you're not a nice guy. It's like well you sound like an idiot. There's a there's but, a happy middle say, ground. How many people sound like idiots when they say shit on AEW? Like it's still yeah. like it's that thing of it, it's never gonna be like the words itself. Like they because then they're used as a crutch. You know, it's like no, the first just... time they said shit was awesome in AEW when Jericho called Jungle Boy a piece of shit. Yeah, but then it became great. like that South Park yeah. episode where Cartman's going to yeah. say shit and then they put a counter versus yeah. on Raw this week, which I know it's Raw and Mike's going to already tune out. But that little moment where Dolph Ziggler and Finn Balor had their little square off in the back and he shoved him down and Finn was like staring off in the stupid Vince thing where they linger for 45 seconds. And then Dolph just poked his head through the curtain. He's like, are you coming, bitch? And it was the way he said it, like, it just worked. It yeah, was, like it that. was natural. It was, it was fun. It made his character better well, as opposed to look at us. We're being edgy. We're, we're going to say shit. It doesn't. Jungle boy looks like once he gets to the back, he puts a, like a quarter and a curse jar after he does it. Like it's his <laughs> own jar that he brought. <laughs> well, well I think that's... is like inherently like broy and, and fratty and, and, and it kind of works in that way i think it's an easy way like for nerdy guys to like experience that safely <laughs> you know like like you know it is it is a place where we can listen to limp biscuit and like like i watched that that my sacrifice creed video the other day and it's it's fucking amazing but it's also it's no, a it's, it's, it's emotional men it's emotional men that's what wrestling is it's yeah, just emotional like, men. like it really makes sense what i i think one of the first times they played that nickelback burn it to the ground 
was the Raw that me and you went to at MSG. And even though it's a fucking, you know, and everyone can make fun of Nickelback, we were like all into it. Dude, that Raw was <laughs> awesome. Was that that was the one where it was like the multi-tag, right? Yeah, um, but but that, that song, like, even though it's one like, of the best Raws know, ever. That song like worked for what it was. Well, folks, let's get to the wacky world of modern wrestling. We're going to break down Dynamite. I'm going to cut to Robert for that because I am um, jet-lagged as fuck right now. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. So is Tony um, Comedy booked this show, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're also going to we're gonna compare it to Raw and see who had the better show this week. But, Robert, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut it to you. What, what happened in Hour 1 of Dynamite? Hour 1 of Dynamite, Jim Ross was surly. Uh, and that's that's all I remember. No. Uh, Chris Jericho comes out to bring out Mike's favorite wrestler, Daniel Garcia who uh, got mad at him for ruining his big moment with Brian Danielson. Danielson came out and Dan Garcia shoved Jericho. Then you had a square on, swearing off between Jericho and Brian, where Brian's like, if Owen Hart were here, he would pick me as his favorite wrestler, not you. And then Jake Hager beat Danielson up for telling the truth. Uh, Dax Harwood <laughs> wrestled Jay Lethal in the best match of 1987. Uh, in the end, Lethal won by uh, hooking the tights. And then they announced that at the pay-per-view, it's going to be uh, FTR and Wardlow against Lethal and not the guy who can't wrestle and the other guy who can't wrestle owes a pencil. But instead, the Motor City Machine Guns. Because hey, look, look, look. Door. He was pretty good. I will say this. Uh, Sanjay Dutt was good from watching the TNA. Oh, Sanjay Dutt ruled. Yeah, ruled. Yes. Ruled. Sanjay Dutt ruled, but physically, he's he's even said he can't really do what he did anymore. So I'm yeah, glad yeah. they made this replacement. Yeah. It's the machine, it's Murder City Machine Guns, Murder City Machine Guns, because apparently there's not enough tag teams in AEW <laughs> not doing anything. Uh, Thunder Rosa revealed that she is injured and cried and in 20 seconds still showed no real charisma. Colton Gunn took on oh, Billy Jesus. Gunn. Uh, Colton beat Billy with a low blow from whence he came. Uh, and then the acclaim got beat up. So then Swerve and Keith Lee saved them because apparently he thought this was Rampage. Uh, then we got uh, the Death Triangle and uh, Aussie Open and Will Ospreay cutting promos on each other. Britt Baker beat Kylan King. Uh, then Tony Storm came out. Then Jamie Hayter came out. Then Hikaru Shida, still on the roster, came out to set up their four-way women's match. Uh, and then uh, we got a promo in the back with Acclaimed and Swerve and Keith Lee, where Swerve and Keith Lee had just named the Acclaimed the number one tag team uh, yeah. contenders because, you know, rankings are. They were like, you guys are ranked, right? It's like, yeah, ranked what? <laughs> uh, Dan, what'd you think of this first hour? You know, I, my, 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 uh, I thought the Daniel Bryan, well, I'll say the good things first off. I thought the Daniel Bryan, Jericho and Garcia segment was really good but i have the same criticism of it that i do about the colton gun versus billy gun match like the colton gun versus billy gun match told a good story even though the match wasn't great it told a good story but like it just felt rushed man if you're gonna have a father go against the son you gotta build that shit they've been building ray and dominic for fucking ever and i and i felt the same way about the garcia thing like we only found like there was never really any like uh fissures in the uh in the in the jericho garcia relationship until last week so this even feels kind of rushed so it's like even though that segment was good i just i, I i'm just questioning tony's timing on everything i mean the, well, the no, motor no, I, the, the garcia thing like he was fighting with 2.0 like if you noticed uh i mean you'd have to be I mean, at the end of the matches where he's like disagreeing with them that's been going on for like three or four months even jericho like being irritated that, you know, Jericho 
had Hager uh, help him beat Danielson, shit like that. Like, he, I mean, that's going on. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not paying close enough attention, but it does. I mean, all right. Even if I'm wrong on that, like the, the gun stuff seems kind of rushed. And Oh gosh. Yeah. Rushed. And it's like, that's your son. That's your son. It's like, it's, (laughs) it's just a weird story to rush. You can't rush. Like think about Kane and the undertaker. It took them like fucking five months for them to finally fight, you know? And that was fake. Well, you're like uh, throwing is, your son into a barricade. It just uh, doesn't make any without sense. Without thinking and, about it. It's like, that is your kid. There's, tell that story. Too. And, and this was dude, what, like I'm, last week this stuff happened? I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, and I'm watching, and, and my, the last thing I'll say is like, I'm watching, I'm watching old TNA. I know how good Chris Saban is, um, but the this Motor City Machine Guns shit, it's just, I mean, like, look, I think ever since they had that pull apart, you remember on Impact, Scott? when it was like the or maybe it was on dynamite but it was motor city machine guns and the elite fighting and they threw like the weakest punches ever and since then i've just been kind of like that's kind of what i feel about bringing them back it's just like yeah this tag team was awesome but you know like we don't need it man we just don't need this tag team here um yeah i just thought that the whole you know like it's because it like spoiler alert i thought raw was a way better show than dynamite this week i did not think that last week i I do think it this week um and raw had you know arguably less of a talented roster to pull from so um it was uh yeah i I don't know man i just i think tony needs help dude i I sound like a broken record but i think he needs somebody to help him book there because this just feels like you know like some of this booking just feels like is everybody injured? Because if it feels just that, like, like just, you know, hair trigger. That that's Mike. my thought. First hour. And Mike? and not to be. Oh, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, no, you go ahead, Scotty. Well, is it's the idea of is everybody injured? And it was like, yeah, this summer there was a lot of injuries, and then you start thinking like, oh yeah, because when wrestlers rest wrestle the best match they've ever ever wrestled always like you know you're letting people go on the road you're letting people go as hard as they want and their bodies fall apart quickly as opposed to wwe you know i'm looking at this now and i'm thinking about like the sheamus gunther match right and i go they could go as hard as they want because they don't go hard often you know i mean they do go hard when they wrestle but considering their wrestling schedule as opposed to these, you know, a Thunder Rosa who's just jumping around everywhere, landing on her neck, you know. In, but in it's it's a different way that Sheamus and Guth, like Sheamus and Guth are going to work really hard, but they're not going to permanently injure each other. Sure, you know sure, what I mean. Sure, they're I, just going to beat the fuck is, out of each other. You know, you look at the injuries and you just go, I, I, because I don't think guys do. Do guys in WWE still work injured like it used to be, or are they just not it's, getting? It's it's gotten I mean, better. I know there's the Big E situations and stuff. Well, I, I, mean, like, I think it depends on how severe the injury is. But at the end of the day, if if you have a bad enough injury and you can sit out for a week and heal it up, they'll let you. And part of the issue with with AEW is because they're not running house shows. Number one, some guys are not getting the kind of reps that they should. And and it sounds counterintuitive, but kind of the more that you're wrestling, the less likely you are to really injure yourself, especially when WWE is working on house shows. And then when they do, when they are wrestling, they're wrestling on indies where they're trying to put on the best show possible. Whereas a house show, you can kind of go a little easier and a little safer. And you're, you're having, you have a lot less of a risk of an injury at a house show versus, you know, you're wrestling at a GCW show. How is the ring quality? You have you're trying to put on the best match you can there to protect your individual rep, or they won't bring you back. So you don't you're not getting an easy night. You're you're yeah, either busting I, your I ass enjoyed, or not wrestling. 
I enjoyed the few um, house shows I went to more than the few recent indie shows I went to because the indie shows, all the matches are similar. They're all back and forth. So each person is taking the same amount of offense. <laughs> you know, they're not like protecting people and they all end up like feeling the same. And, you know, uh, fans are more fickle especially in an indie show. So like you're wanting to do crazier shit to appease them. And, um, and there's no, no promos or anything. So it's all just match based charisma and, and everyone's trying to top each other. And when you watch the first match and someone goes through a fucking like uh, GCW, it was all door spot. It wasn't even tables. They just went through doors. But like the one I went to, it was like, multiple dudes went through doors in the first match and then you can only go crazier from there so then like the third match someone's doing a scaffold and the only thing that made that match different than the first one was there was a scaffold so you want to <laughs> you other... for... so you want to forbid doors is what you're saying That's... <laughs> <laughs> um... yes um no but yeah so this dynamite i actually thought that this was garcia's best performance on the on the mic i thought yeah, i thought he was the... very good yeah i thought as the kid having to choose between dads um he was it was good i mean it was a little weird where he's like you ruined my moment when he'd already himself beaten brian like that a moment would have been more special if it was his first time ever having a match with but you know um yeah but he ruined that moment too uh because hager uh interfered yeah yeah i mean i i just you're, you're not wrong I, and i just think too the wrestler or sports entertainer story would be better if he was leaning dude i mean like i mean like just to add on what mike's saying like although i thought danny garcia was great in this first segment i thought jared uh brian was great in the segment uh i thought jericho's reasoning was really weak in the sense that like every time he's like pushed by like a like a like a jericho or a mox i mean by a brian or a moxley He's like, I'm going to bring back the old Stu Hart Jericho back. And I'm like, well, isn't that the fucking antithetical to the character that yeah. you're trying to yeah. portray now? You're supposed to be like, if this was if this was really the sports entertainer character, right? Then like the way that Jericho would win it all out is that Danny Garcia would be like in a bear costume and then reveal himself, hit Daniel Bryan, and then Jericho would win. It wouldn't be that, you know, they're, they're shoot wrestling, which is what I feel like this match is going to just, it's just going to turn into like a, like, Jericho being like, I could still have a Daniel Bryan match, and it's going to be a fine match, but it's 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 still going to leave us in a confusing story place. And I, also, I, those of us who read Jericho's uh, autobiographies know that Stu Hart was never there. It was, was just, called was like Hart say. Brothers Wrestling. Ed Langley is the one who trained him, and only one of the Hart brothers showed up on the first day, and they realized it was a scam. Yes, I, I, I Lance always laughs about that. He's like, I don't even think we met Stu. No, uh, but it, it's just kind of a thing. I think the the highlight of this probably first hour for Jim Ross was when Brian Danielson called himself Daniel Bryan. And he's like, see, someone else does it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, my I hope... think my, my favorite thing is him going now because Cornette does it. And so now he does it where he goes, listen, yeah. listen, <laughs> like during any um, acclaim promo. He, he sucks. Um, yeah, I agree that um, the, the father something should be like, to me, even though it's Billy Gunn and Colton Gunn, that is a pay-per-view match. Just that story of a father and son. If you build it well, 
That's a fucking cool idea. They've been so, literally holding back on the Mysterio breakup for two years because they haven't figured the best place to put it yet. Yeah, but it, like, it not even comparing the, the 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 companies or anything. It's just it happened, and it was a six and a half minute match with interference, and it's like it really could mean something. Like you look at you look at Dustin and Cody, and yes, it was worked very well. But the fact that it was this real brother and brother thing, even though it wasn't even that built of a story, there is that, like, you know, wrestling is always the thing. Well, that's fake, that's fake, but this is real. And that means something to fans. Yeah, and and even if it's a spoof of that, because, you know, there is this, like, ass boys dynamic, but just Billy being like, you know, I I wanted you to be the ass boys to my ass man, and you... You, you hated when the fans cheered you for like just stupid shit like have fun with it and, and same with the sports entertainers thing like every time they come come out they should be choking on pyro it should be like uh yes like the way jericho originally did the inner circle where it felt like spinal tap you know yeah this should so, be spinal yeah. tap of, of and sports when, entertainment and when garcia is just wearing like a black t-shirt that says buffalo kids like it would be so much like it would mean so much more if he's wearing the goofiest fucking outfit yeah, assless and Daniel's jabs. like that's not who you are because then that's a story. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. my my hope is the weirdness of that opening segment is that this is going to lead to Garcia turning on Danielson and helping Jericho because you don't need Daniel Garcia in in the uh, the 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 uh, the fight club. Oh my god, I can't remember the name. Blackpool Combat Club. I think they forgot the name because we haven't yeah. seen them together. Because that's kind of like Yuta's spot. Like I think. Garcia not being committal into what he's what he's doing or saying and waffling and all of a sudden Danielson's his hero and this is his dream like this has to be them goading Danielson into into it otherwise yeah this is really bad but I will wait and see um but uh we didn't have to wait and see for hour two that's non-secular well, I wanted, but, to, I wanted yeah. to say two more quick things one oh, yeah. um whatever real world I, and I guess we can't talk about like but the thing that I was told about the FTR is does not seem that extreme. You're just punishing the audience. Like they are the number yeah. one ranked guys. They collect belts. They make money for their families. And they're in a throwaway six man, not on a show that's going to have a, a somewhat meaningful title based six man. And it just doesn't make sense. Like these guys are fucking stars. They're over. Um, and having Dax like, get pinned as much as he does i think is just short-sighted because i get it he's a tag guy and he should lose in singles he just shouldn't lose as much as he does he really is a fantastic singles wrestler still but it's great to have yeah but it's great to have him out there in singles matches so jim ross can bury his cardio and point (laughs) out that he's getting blown up which is uh, bad because I, I heard he's really self-conscious about that shit. Yeah, in real so life. Jr. Yeah. you know sucks, and it and again it, this feels. Oh, I like, know Scott. I'm aware. That <laughs> and this feels like a weird change little. because last week it was all about can Wardlow powerbomb Sutton Singh, and it's like oh they realize like we're really putting this match on pay per view. Fuck, we have to call an audible, which is further showing like Tony's just bouncing oh, around is, stuff. It, 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 yeah, if I've seen a hey we fucked up, it's that. It's the it's the pulling the Motor City machine guns out of nowhere because, you know, they know that will be great. And that's a dream match for, you know, tag wrestling fans. And you can also go, oh, FTR and Wardlow beat them. And the Motor City machine guns were the number one contenders to the TNA tag title. So FTR gets to fight for the TNA tag titles. And 
then FDR can win another title before they win the fucking AEW titles. Oh, wouldn't Perfect. you rather just see that at a Ring of Honor show, FTR versus Motor City Machine Guns? Or they don't have Ring sure, of Honor and that could happen. That could happen. Yeah, in, in like November, whenever that happens. The, yeah. one, the one big positive of our, the one takeaway Tony should have is the pop for the acclaimed when they came out was a true main event style pop. And then yeah. to put them in a babyface, babyface match with Swerve and Keith Lee is not a great idea. I'm guessing yeah, it'll, be a, three, yeah, it'll be a triple threat tag, but I think Swerve could team like, up with the acclaimed. You know, your last, okay, like, okay, if you want to count for Ben and Door, then your last pay per view was two months ago. But if you don't, um, it's three months, you know, at the end of May to now, and this is your tag title match. Like you can, it's just a waste of like, I don't think that this, ma- there's nothing wrong with this match. It's just, there's no build and you announce it a week oh. before the pay-per-view, you know, 10 days. And it's just, and, and I love the acclaimed. I like, you know, Swerve and Lee, but it's like, they're not doing anything. The acclaimed are in an actual story with the father son feud and all that shit. And now they're just in this. It's just like, there's no logic behind it. It just feels like a mess. And, and the other thing I was to say was the, um, I kind of hate when wrestlers do the, I'm the best wrestler. No, I am because that is when it should be completely kayfabe and be wins and losses. Yeah, but the whole thing of like I have better matches than you is fucking stupid. Right, you're you're not. It's not performance. It's wins and losses. Uh, hour two of Dynamite opened with John Moxley versus CM Punk. Um, the, for match, the whole hour. The, yes, for the whole hour, it was well worth it. It was a dream. Good night. No. Uh, Moxley and Punk then Christian cut a promo uh, about how he accepted Jungle Boy's challenge. Then Ricky Starks came out. And showed why you have emotion in wrestling and why you shouldn't cry when you're doing those emotions because you look kind of fucking goofy. Then Moxley cut a promo about how he's the guy in the business. Then you got a half hour match with the United Empire versus the Death Triangle that ended with the revelation of the big star return of Kip Sabian (laughs) uh, paying off an angle that if you squinted in the corner of an AEW dark (laughs) elevation, you saw this coming. I'm tackling hour two first. Fuck y'all. Moxley and Punk was Tony is doing what we I've talked about before. It drives me nuts. He is getting way too smart for his own good and thinking that he's working the internet by working the internet by working the internet. It's you have Punk on there talking about how he wants to quit and he's leaving is what some of the reports are saying. And then some of the reports are saying, you know, that that there's turmoil in the locker room and everybody hates each other. So what are we going to do? We're going to book this four minute squash match that felt like Punk is leaving the company and this is how we're getting rid of him. He does the kick to Moxley's head. He has the the injured foot. Moxley beats the fuck out of him and pins him quickly. All this was missing was a Japanese photographer up on the apron and an exploding light bulb to be like, he's leaving. He's never coming back, which is total bullshit. Punk is absolutely coming back. Meltzer is reporting like, this is your main event for All Out. Is going to be a rematch with these is, guys. Is that a week away? So it's like a. No, well, I don't know why they haven't announced it yet. Why have because so Robert, that was Hogan's last it. match for almost ten years in the company. It, it was. But I'm saying that oh, was. But that's what they were trying to replicate here they haven't announced it my guess is punk will come out next week 
They'll talk about, you know, what happened and the injury and all that and be like, I want one more match. It, it put, is not announced yet. Yeah, I'll put my my career on the line in Chicago against you for a title shot and win the title back. And this is the politics of Moxley gets a win and then Punk gets a win. Then you can do the rubber match at, at Grand Slam in New York and you're and you're fine. Uh, it, it was supposed to get people talking to think like, oh, Punk must really be leaving. Just give the audience that's watching something entertaining. Don't overthink this to play to the the, the Twitter audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought, yeah, Ricky Starks was he was trying to go emotional, and it just kind of came across a little goofy with the crying. Uh, it felt like a heel promo by the end, um, but you know he tried. Uh, Moxley's promo was was good. It was the you know everybody doubts me. I'm the guy. You know, fuck you all. That's fine. The main event of this show was a hell of a lot of fun for, for the majority of it. And say what you want about AEW. They have built a star in Will Ospreay, and he's not under contract with them, and he's going to be gone <laughs> on soon. So brilliant job. Uh, yeah, Kip Sabian and Pac is the feud that apparently people are dying to see. And then Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks came out to square off with uh, United Empire. So next week on Dynamite, you're getting Osprey versus Kenny Omega, essentially. Thank God they're not saving that for a pay-per-view. I have because... a question. Is next week also in Chicago? Is it like a whole week in Chicago? I think yeah, next week's think the first so. match. So yeah, that's the first why. thing in okay, Chicago. that makes sense. Give them, uh, give them something big, yeah. Okay. But there's plenty of big things. I just feel like you could have said this should have been kind of your your main event, or a, not a main event, but a big match for, for all that. I guess we're going to you know, Kenny and the Bucks versus the Dark Order and seeing where Hangman Page lies. But Hangman Page is missing... Apparently he was kidnapped by Dexter Loomis because he didn't come out to like correct punk or challenge punk or, or any of that. What is that uh, about, man? Guys just seem to vanish from, from AEW. Like hook is nowhere to be found. And he was white hot. We haven't seen Dante Martin in quite some time. And he was great. Wardlow. I know wrestled on, on uh rampage, but put him on dynamite once in a while or Jade Cargill, who seems to have vanished. Like guys just fall into like, well, J- 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 they use Jade on rampage a lot, but yeah. But use them on uh, on your your flagship show as well because not everyone watches Rampage and they never recap Rampage. So unless you're the five hundred thousand people that watch Rampage, like I wouldn't know that Darby and and Sting are still part of the the, the roster. Well, I know the main event is Claudio ver, ver, Dustin Rhodes with Brock and Arn, and I'm like, they're all still there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're that's that's seriously the main event. Yeah, that's the main that's event. Fantastic. Yeah, and Dustin Claudio. Yeah. So, I yeah, it's so a pretty, it seems like a good match. I'm but... sure it'll be a good match that they didn't mention at all on this. They did. Uh, they did. They did mention it. They, they did was mention. there a video package hyping it? And it wasn't Dustin a video package, but they at least they had the Chiron. Okay, so they talked quickly in the same well, way he talked had, about draft. Mentioned it. I didn't say. I meant I like mentioned it. Like actually made this seem like a, a any kind of important match. Uh, but uh, whatever, uh, Dan. What do you think? Hour two. Uh, I mean, I agree with a lot of what you said. I, I, I like the Ricky Starks promo more than you. Uh, I love the stare down between Osprey and Pac. But you're completely right. I, I didn't think. You know, like here's the thing: is I think Osprey's phenomenal. I think Pac's phenomenal. I think Phoenix is really good. Um, I'm kind of like, I feel like I've seen Pence's tricks more since I've started to watch AEW. Yep. And maybe it's just because I'm co-hosting podcasts with you and you point them out a lot. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, Kip Sabian just completely ruined like that whole moment where it's like, well, if you're making that a big moment, then who gives a fuck about the Osprey Pac moment? Because 
Like that for me is a way bigger moment, but I, I just don't think Tony knows the difference between Wait, like what, what Osprey Pac moment. You know the moment where they both they both like stood up at the same time and looked at oh, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. They had a great stare like, down. That, was, was, that was amazing. Yeah, oh, it you're was saying awesome. you wish they did Osprey Pocket all out. Well, yeah, or it's like it's like you're you're showing us that moment where it's like these two would meet each other and you know these two would just destroy it, right? Yeah, yeah. And then and then what we get is like like Kip Sabian in a weird, it seemed like supernatural angle. Like it it it, 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 it was really kind of natural. It's a it's a well, box, Dan. Well, it's a box, <laughs> but then the guy was like the saddest thing is tied Osprey up isn't right. Osprey isn't in the company. Pac is a part timer at best because he goes and vanishes all the time. So the knowing that those guys aren't going to be there, but Kip Sabian will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was not. I mean, I, and as far as like the Punk's works Moxley thing, I Punk is very good at doing those type of matches. Like I thought the match itself, like for. Like they, how they executed the thing they wanted to do is really good. Having said that, um, like why later in the night you wouldn't have Punk like grab the mic and be like, "Hey, I, I need to have this m- one more match." You know, like the fact that we're we don't have this announced yet. That I'm looking on the Wikipedia page of All Out, which should theoretically big be their biggest event of the year, even though they say Double or Nothing is, but All Out is what started it all. I think that should be the biggest event of the year. And right now, their main event is TBD versus TBD. Uh, that that's a problem, um, you know. Like because they need a week of the news cycles of people being like, "Is this just Punk gone? Like he got buried?" And Jim Ross I made know, a point but, of saying he got his ass kicked. Like yeah. he's definitely none gone. Is, none of that shit's helping the ratings because no. No. right now, like right now, Raw like they can't even get half of the Raw number now. And so it's like all this stuff. It's like yes, like. It's it's better it's better meta than how Vince Russo would have done it, which Vince Russo just would have made it like so dumb, you know, he would have had like punk lie down or something. But it's still it's so insidey, you know. It 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 AEW really is starting to feel like the post Marvel credit scenes now, where it's like you're just like I don't care about this. Ca- who is this character? I don't care. They're out of fucking surprises, you know, like. You're like Eggman, you know. It's like they're at it, you know. Like it's like we already talked of, about Bubba Ray. Yeah, they're out of they're out of surprises, and I, and I do think that give me new stars like Johnny Gargano. Uh, well, that was actually a really good segment if you had seen it, but um, I, you know, like yeah, it was it it's it, it's crazy to me that you know a, a show that had as much on it that it did was was that much worse than Raw. Um. I don't know, man. I you know I'm not one of these. I, I I am not taking a victory lap. I like it when both companies are strong. Um, I hope that AEW comes back really hard. I I do think that there we have not seen, you know, we have not seen Tony Khan under real adversity yet, and um, you know, we've seen Triple H, we've seen Vince under real adversity. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see. How he comes out Vince under real adversity. Yeah, I think it's called <laughs> accusations. Uh, no, I, 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 I was more talking about the steroid <laughs> trial. Well, Vince is done. I'm talking about like back in the day with the steroid trial and with WCW. I mean, Vince now, what we know, Vince is done. Vince is trying to, Vince is trying to stay to jail right now. It was his right. birthday um, yesterday, right? It was, and he went out with his lady friend. Is this true? What do you? Yeah, oh, about? there's pictures online. He went out to dinner with he went out to dinner with John Cena and his wife, and Vince was with a lady friend that was definitely not Linda. Um, yeah. And he was trying to cover his face, but not really. Scott, control your narrative. Tell me about hour two. 
Yeah, the I I, I agree one hundred percent with everything Robert said about Punk Moxley. I think it just feels very much like a, like an Inception work, where it's just a work eating itself. Uh, I what did I like about it? Um, I like that you know there was a pin. It like it is a real thing that could happen in sports. I didn't mind any of that. I think. What I what I mind about it is the story you're now trying to tell is CM Punk, if it is the main event at All Out, is injured, right? Um, so now that's the storyline for the main event is that CM Punk is fighting injured. Can he do it? Well, then what is the Kenny Omega match about? I think it's about Kenny Omega fighting her and can he do it? And then even Danielson, is he going to bump his head, what, two minutes into the match and then it's going to be a, can, da- can Brian Danielson get through so it's like every match is can this guy get through his injury and will he win um so that bothers me i actually i watched the segment and didn't give a shit because i knew it wasn't i knew it was going to be a a a segment and not a match anyway i thought mjf was going to come out i wasn't sure what was going to happen but i knew it was gonna be goofy i loved the united empire uh uh, death triangle match. I thought it was a blast. Will Ospreay is a star. There was a lot of moments in there that were fantastic. The fact that we are getting Omega and Osprey next week is is enormous and a lot of fun. What else happened in this hour? Uh, Ricky Starks and Christian both. Cut I like promos. the Ricky Starks thing, and the Christian thing is, you know, I like that the match is happening, and 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 the Ricky Starks thing. You know, they announce these matches, and I go, these matches make sense, and. They've made sense for the last two months, it feels like. Uh, so I'm I'm excited that I get to watch them. I've hated the Christian feud. Uh, the entire thing, I think. I think it's all been terrible, right? Yeah. I uh, I, I, I've been okay with it, but like... I mean, I it's, wanna... it, it's just bombing. It's just like, it's just Jungle Boy bombing on the mic, which I... And, and Christian... I mean, I think Doing Christian should Bubba be Ray holding kind a gun. Of where you're just saying the craziest thing, and so it's like, oh, okay. Mike, what'd you I, think, hour two? Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think this was the best part of the, the Christian Jungle Boy feud. Christian being backstage cut a much better promo than him trying to do, like, the pandery heel stuff with the crowd. And there was, like, intensity here. I mean... I think the big problem with this feud has been uh, the use of Luchasaurus. He's bad. No, he's not. You know, like that should be a integral part of this feud right now. And it isn't. I think that that promo would have meant so much more if Luchasaurus was standing next to Christian as this like big fucking enforcer. And then you wonder how is Jungle Boy over going to overcome those odds? I think that's a much better story than what they told where um, it was just two weeks of him squashing people and then turning on Christian again was just, I, and now he, he wasn't even mentioned at all. Uh, you know, even when um, Christian was like, you cost us the tag titles. It's like, no, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy had the tag titles. You did not. <laughs> but he's like, I mean, in terms of, you know, when we talk about the big roster and people just shelve to the side, I feel like, you know, Luchasaurus has been. Uh, I love the Ricky Starks promo. I thought that this was his best promo. I thought that this was fucking awesome. This was a moment for him to step up, and I thought he did. 
Yeah, maybe a little bit of crying, but like it fucking you believed it. I think the guy's got so much personality. And I think, you know, the thing I want to see more than anything on this show is their homegrown guys. They're guys that I haven't seen for years in other places, really um, making an impression and and pushing themselves. And I, I thought he totally did. And I thought that that promo justified why him and Hobbs will be on the pay-per-view. I, I thought it was that good. Um, I didn't I don't watch trios matches. I just don't care. Like put two guys together, put a tag together, trios, they all just end up feeling the same to me. And then knowing the Kip thing at the end, I just I just don't have an interest in it. And especially until um Osprey is officially on the roster, I don't care. Otherwise, he just comes in and he leaves. He comes in and he leaves and he takes spots from people that are on the roster. Um, which isn't his fault. He's a star, he should be there, but just put him in the fucking company already. Um yep. Wait, I don't think he legally can. Can we defend Kip? Not maybe not defend Kip, but we also have to realize Kip showed up in the company. Kip is a very good wrestler, right? And he got hurt what immediately. He, he's okay, man. He I was mean, the, dude. He I, was I, the, he, he was the death of Miro. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen him wrestle. I, I only remember what? him as the guy from the wedding. Uh, yeah, I, and, I mean, and like, playing video games. He was in the first I, AEW match. And yeah, but look, he was against Sammy. Look Sammy. at the tale of two. Tale of two. Sure, but but Kip has had a you know a bunch of injuries, which is which may be the fact, but not the determining factor in the main event of a show when you're given the match a half. It just felt well. You're already telling all these. I think the real telling all these other stories, but the real surprise. Yeah, I think the real surprise in the main event is this group that is called the United Empire is being called Will Ospreay and Aussie Open because you think they're going to lose. They're not even signed to the company, and there's no way they're doing Ospreay and Omega, and then. This guy helps to cheat, and even though that should be the story, the real story, and I think Tony knew it too, and that's why it ends with that, is, oh, my God, you're going to get United Empire versus the Elite next week. Yeah. You, you, you needed an out. I, but, I, this yes. gave him and, an and, out. And I think it's, it's a good out in terms of, like, I mean, what, even they were showing highlights of overseas. Kip was standing in the audience watching Pac wrestle. So it's like it does exist. It just – Part of the problem is like the inconsistency. Like last week, you ran out of time. You did this Dragon Lee. We didn't even see Roosh, Andrade, and Dragon Lee on this show at all, even though it ended with an unmasking angle. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then this week, it felt like they ended three minutes too early, where they were really like they had the stare down in that moment, and and then it just kept going. Like it's just. He's just got to get better at organizing things. And and uh, my thought on the the Moxley um, Punk thing, because I, I haven't said it yet, is it's an overall larger feeling about a lot of what's going on in the company, which is that the backstage stuff and the rumors and all of that should always be supplemental at best. If it is more interesting than your on-screen product, then you have a problem. And us talking about Thunder Rosa and, and Kingston and Guevara and ooh, Pumpkin Page and all of that stuff, like that's fine. And, you know, we are getting worked, whether it's real or not, we're getting worked because we're getting absorbed into it, and which is okay. But at the same time, at the end of the day, the thing I'm paying 50 bucks for has to be more interesting. The thing I'm spending two hours watching has to be more interesting. And 
the punk Moxley segment, it was fine. It just wasn't that interesting. And and I think they really fucked it up. And, and I might be alone here. There's no way that it shouldn't have been. And I know, like, in a kayfabe sense, and you will probably all laugh at me for this, I think it should have either gone on first or last. Yeah. But putting it at nine o'clock and saying it's not even the main event. That was the real problem. The, the Pac and Osprey backstage thing where Tony says, uh, and, in, and in our main event tonight, and you're like, wait, what? That's going to be the main event? Yeah. If, if you have and them come just... out at 10 o'clock and go, they might go the full hours, so we got to bring them out now. And we apologize if we can't get to, like, you know, you say something. But, yeah. yeah. So that really, like, fucked it up for me, like, and uh, took me out of it. You know, and they did say, like, we'll we'll stay with this as long as we can. When remember, and this is important, the only overrun this company has ever had was Satnam Singh's debut. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Everything else ended on time. Dragon Lee, you take your fucking mask off now at 65940. <laughs> you, know, like, you can't but, interrupt the 30th showing of Aquaman this month on, well, on TBS. But this hey man, battle bots. Uh <laughs> oh yeah, battle bot. Yeah, that's that makes you feel like old yeah, but and it was not this, only that like, like it was an just, encore presentation of battle bots like at, at the end of the day like i'm just looking at this card right and, and and i know we didn't um do premium live events and probably be something we talk about is the you know look can we just talk about it here the sammy kingston stuff that well, apparently they like, are I, fighting i actually but, wanted to talk about first i want to see Everybody like, what do you think? Raw or Dynamite is better. And then I just wanted to talk about general um, that meeting and everything that came from it, and everything that's going on in AEW right now with 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 politics. Can we just talk about that now? Oh yeah, that's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. do it now. No, I'm yeah, for just that. We're talking about AEW, and that way I don't have to talk about Raw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're mentioning Raw after this. We have to use the comparison, guys. Two million. No, I know that's fine. I'm going to leave. Um, <laughs> No, but I I think that uh, that kind of stuff, like, all right, if there's an altercation between Eddie and and Sammy in real life, like, in some ways, like, you are also just punishing the audience because that was one of your only somewhat built feuds. Now we're not getting it, um, you know. And 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 the thunder, I, I don't know. What's going Sammy on just it. released a statement about it too, and Sammy kind of like. <sighs> Sammy like kind of just talked. He he told everybody exactly what happened, but I was like, dude, I thought you would like try to squash this thing because. Wait, what do you do? Can you read it or not? Yeah, I can read it. I'll I'll read it on WrestleZone right now. Keep talking, Scott, while I pull this up. Can I? Well, it's also like another thing. Like Paige is a big focus, right? And without spoiling the result of the match, here is a Rampage spoiler. This is the only thing I'm going to say about it. He is not the mystery partner of the Dark Order. So no. he's not even a part of that. Also, Wait, I don't even understand that because in BTE on Monday, they already said who the third guy was going to be. So that was weird. It wasn't a mystery. Well, it, it's okay. also weird because they 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 made a whole – they ended the story with Hangman and Dark Order, you know, and now they're bringing it back because they don't have anything for Hangman, but they're not fully bringing it back. All right, so this is what Sammy said about the incident with uh, him and Eddie Kingston, why Eddie got suspended. Why presumably the match isn't on the card anymore. Here we go. As a professional, you communicate things that you don't want to be said, like other people. I've been in programs with and have worked with Matt Hardy, Jericho, and others. And I did communicate of what I didn't want to be said in this angle, and Eddie didn't. But Eddie did not do the same. 
And Eddie did not mention to me or the coaches or TK or anyone in AEW what he didn't want said. So after Tay's and my match with Sky Blue and Dante, I cut a promo on Eddie insulting Eddie and the fans as a heel, which I know the thing everyone loves to do is hate me and Tay. So I'm the perfect person to play this asshole character for Eddie to ultimately beat it all out. I see what people say online about Eddie and his appearance, which anyone who legitimately shames Eddie for how he looks can go to hell. It's the same uh, people who shame me for being too small. So Sammy Guevara, the character, I could be the physical person playing that person that Eddie can shut up it all out. But Eddie did not do the professional thing to communicate to me, which if he did, I never would have said it because the last thing I want to do is hurt someone for real. So after the promo, <laughs> I get to the back and Eddie is flipping out, yelling, you can't call me fat over and over <laughs> as I'm trying to walk down the stairs and gorilla making a big scene. People get in between us. Eddie tries to pie face me and he more life, more life. This is misspelled, but he more like touches my face. It was weird. And everyone backs everyone up. It was unfortunate because this promo was on a tape show. It easily could have been edited, which they ended up doing anyways. I know this isn't Eddie's first time being aggressive and getting out of control backstage. Whoa. I know he had to do some kind of anger management after this whole thing. The whole thing was very unnecessary, but it is what it is. Live and learn, I guess, on to the next we go. And you're just kind of like, wow, you really like, like, <laughs> you, like, I just, I mean, like. You really exposed like, the biz, kid. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, I don't, I, like, <laughs> I, like, obviously, if Eddie did this, he shouldn't have done this and everything. But in the same sense, too, like, from this, you just kind of like, I, I feel like this ended their feud more than what Punk said about Hangman, right? I mean, as far as it just being like. I mean, that sounds like Eddie's going to try to hit him with a with a sock full of rocks the next time he sees him. Yeah, this yeah, has the just... sadness of like that Foley uh, flare. Flare. Stuff. Oh, it does. It totally does. Yeah. Yeah, I really wanted that to be. That seemed like something that could be so resolved, and we could get the match it all out, and you could use it like you're kind of using the whole punk back. All he had to say was like, "Oh, tempers but, get hot." High yeah, backstage. to get so specific like yeah. that, it's like, well, where does the there's no storyline there, you know? It's because now if they fight, people much. are going to be like, well, should they be fighting? Because Eddie's, you know, going to fly off the handle. It just, it's, it's not well, like Sammy maybe that's fun. I don't know. But again, that's just, it's like, it's so, so now we're just watching, watching a show that's like about a show. Yes. 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 It's, it's not fine. like, well, no, it's not fine, but it's, uh, no, nah, I don't know. It is not like Sammy to overshare online. So that's <laughs> unprecedented. <laughs> but, uh, but I think, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. Like, I kind of agree, like, and it feels like something that should happen in any company. Like, it should happen in any roast, any roast battle. You should tell each other what is off limits. And and and, and both people should respect that. And maybe maybe he asked him and maybe he was like, ah, I don't fucking care. But by the uh, way, I never said anything on the roast that I didn't tell Conrad I wasn't going to say. Keep going. Yeah. No, Look it that just, worked out for you. <laughs> but but at the end of at the end of the day even though there is all this drama and all this like stuff to talk about like you still have the 50 dollar product that to me does not feel like it doesn't have a main event um maybe and maybe for some people it will be a, 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 if, if if it's the trio's title match like that that is it seems like that's where they're going unless they do this unless well, they do this rematch but even yeah the whole thing of like working the fans and oh the, you know it's and blurring the lines like 
Russo did it again and again. It sometimes works. It mostly doesn't. Because at the end of the day, we do want to escape. And we do want to just see the good guy and the bad guy. And we want to just watch fake fighting that has a purpose to it. And all the cattiness and everything. It's like, like here, the, the, the fascinating thing always about Montreal that no one talks about is like, the screw job, like the match itself is okay. <laughs> you know, it's like if anyone got screwed in Montreal, it's the fucking fans who didn't get a proper match. That they well, it's even worse. It started out great and then just abruptly ends. Yeah. How does this end? This ends the ideas Punk is in his hometown with a hurt foot. He's got to win wins. back the title and he does it. And maybe, maybe he does it by cheating. Maybe MJF helps him and Punk. Did Punk want him to help him? Punk's looking at MJF like he didn't want him to help him, but did he? And it's like Stone Cold shaking Vince's hand or some shit. Well, at let me, 17, let me, that so let me, so let me well. give you let me give you a pitch on this. If you're really trying to do this whole working the working the working the whatever, you need to have him justify getting a rematch, which is the, you know, I can't believe what happened to me last week. I want this rematch. I'm going to sweeten the pot. This will be my my retirement match. So it's the wink wink nudge nudge. His contract is up. And people are thinking, oh, this is how they're getting rid of Punk. He's and unhappy, then or he's unhappy yeah, I'm happy or whatever. Yes. I want the I want the thing. If my last match I ever wrestles in Chicago, so be it. And if I win the title again, like I know I'm going to, great. And then you do the interference, but you have it be Colt Cabana, and you think Colt's going to cost Punk his career. He in turn lays out Moxley. They hug the Jerry Lewis Dean Martin reunion. We've patched everything up. We've worked you as an audience, and now we can go forward from there. That's right. at least you're, you're telling the story using the internet, using all the real heat that there is and making money off of it, which is where Vince was always really smart. Brett and Sean hated each other long before Montreal. They had the fight in the back and they made it storyline. Like if that's what you're going to do and you're going to make a better product. Cool. If not, and this is all like, we're going to have talent meetings and all this other bullshit. I, I don't, care like i'm glad sean ross sat made more money probably off his patreon because of it but the the audience just wants a good show like we we've, we've gone through years of weird backstage drama AEW was supposed to be the place where you know guys have creative freedom and we're not overworking them and we're going to treat them humanely and everyone's going to be happy and get along and i said all along it's going to be bullshit eventually and we're at that point right now where everybody's super pissy and angry all right, Robert, what do you think, Raw or uh, SmackDown? I mean, sorry, for our Dynamite this week. So real quick, just uh, to briefly mention just some of the stuff that happened on Raw, they cut the pyro and Ballyhoo in the middle of it because Rollins and Riddle were having a brawl and Gorilla, which was a fun, chaotic way to start. You had Trish out there uh, cutting a promo because they were in Toronto. Uh, and then uh, Bailey and her group come out. They get confronted by Bianca, Asuka, and Alexa Bliss. It leads to the next match in the tag tournament, which was Dakota Sky and EO Sky, or EO Sky and Dakota Kai beating Asuka and Alexa Bliss. It was a really fun match. I liked it. Dolphin Finn had a really good match. Uh, yes, Dolphin. Damn it. That should be their fucking team. Uh, <laughs> I'm like looking at it. I didn't even see it. Yes. Ziggler and Finn Balor had a really fun match. Uh, Chad Gable had an open challenge. Got answered by Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens came out full babyface style. They had a really fun match. Uh, that was a good back and forth thing. A little too competitive. Yeah, a little too competitive for Dan who hates uh, Chad Gable because he's super entertaining. I I don't, I don't know sure. why you hate Gable. He's a nice man. No. Uh, in in their in the hometown match, Bailey beat Aaliyah, but 
got a really good match out of her. So that was fun. Champa, she got a good match out of her. She got a What's... good match out of her. It was that's that's huge. Champa and Miz uh, versus AJ Styles and Lashley got interrupted when uh, Dexter Loomis kidnapped Miz, and the match was still super fun even with that goofiness. Uh, Johnny Gargano uh, returned. He debuted on Raw. And uh, I'll talk about it a little bit more on my bright side. But then Theory came out. Gargano super kicked him. And then in the main event, Edge had a really good match with Damian Priest. Uh, and then after the match, Finn and Rhea attack. And Beth Phoenix comes out with a chair to uh, to save Edge. It was fun. There was good drama. There was not a single bad segment on this show. The matches that they delivered all were really, really good, and they continue to advance this Clash of the Castle show that I think is going to be one of the most fun pay-per-view events uh, that we're going to get in a long time. So, you know, for in my opinion, I, I think it's it's raw over dynamite for an entertainment value from a I want to slow down in a car crash. That was that was more dynamite than 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 raw. Dan, yeah, I mean, I mean for me, it was it was raw without a doubt. Um, confusing dynamite, which. We had briefly talked about it, you know, with the Eddie and Sammy stuff, but there was also, which we haven't talked about, there was a backstage meeting yesterday where apparently Tony Khan, you know, had sent, uh, his people had sent a strongly worded email to Stephanie and Nick Khan saying, uh, please stop tampering. Um, Jericho has accused them of tampering. So the whole thing was about, it was just kind of a weird meeting because they all thought it was going to be about Hangman and Punk. And what it ended up being about was like... It, it, you know, it didn't really hit the nail on the head. It just kind of like I heard they didn't you know, mention punk at all, punk and hanging no. at all, or the cult thing at all. Yeah. No, it was just it was about like they 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 got like they talked they just talked about booking, which like it's not that's not the real problem here, you know. So it it, it just feels like I don't know. It just feels like that meeting didn't really do anything. But yeah, it's I thought a part it was of really it in terms of people not being booked at all or barely or looking at dark as an alternative to television which it just isn't it is a punishment yeah i mean it was a really good raw and a really confusing dynamite so raw raw by proxy scott what'd you think proxy wins just by not fucking things up you know uh nah man i dude you had osprey fighting Pac. you had ray phoenix uh fighting osprey so they had one good match I can't. Yeah. No, well, no. Dax versus. I mean, Dax versus Jay Lethal was great. It's just you know you keep thinking about that. Well, we thought at the time the Sotnam Singh match or whatever the hell. Like it's a you know you're not looking forward to that and you're upset that that match is happening. But I thought uh, I thought Dax versus uh, Jay was awesome. And Mike didn't watch Raw, so we can <laughs> just, just just assume guys listening that he's just got a scowl. Uh, yeah, no, no. I mean, it's fine. I just, you know, it's three fucking hours, man. It is three fucking hours. Uh, I will. And give the you punk that, and Moxley but... thing was like, it. It felt like fun pandemonium when it finally had. Like punk looking back at the ring when when everyone was going nuts. The, no, that was well done. Felt yeah, like a sure. moment, and that was cool. I w- I will say the most amazing thing, uh, th- th- this week, uh, about wrestling was watching House of the Dragons which sponsored AEW last week and has a much more clear babyface heel <laughs> <laughs> dynamic. They can get those guys to start booking Dynamite or any just, writer. Just just the idea of, of Tony Khan running a meeting with, like, just, you know, when you think of, like, that Paul Heyman, this is the dance, but, like, 
all these fucking meaty wrestlers and shit and just tony like all right guys <laughs> uh-huh. i mean scott the one thing i will say about the main event of dynamite is that i i love osprey i love Pac, but i just don't see it in aussie open yet i don't know why i just they just don't feel like the whole time i watch them i'm like oh, i wish jeff cobb was here yeah well, I think uh, Jim Ross felt the same way. <laughs> well, I love that they lost to fucking Rapungi Vice, but they beat Death Right. Yeah. Doesn't right. make any sense. Dave, All right, what's you high spot, low spot? High spot, low spot. It's because Kip Sabian interfered, guys. It does make sense. I mean, I'll, I'll start with I'll start with actually my low spots this week. Uh, a couple. Jake Atlas getting arrested, obviously. You know, that seemed like a fucking mess. Um, Savio Vega is apparently in the hospital. He's not doing so great. And uh, the AEW meeting didn't seem like it solved anything. So those are all low spots for me. You know, the high spot, I'm going to quote Alcoholics Anonymous for this high spot. What they say in AA is don't leave until the miracle happens. Now, I routinely leave before the miracle happens, which is why I relapse too much. But this entire Triple H run feels like don't leave until the miracle happens. Like you have a guy who has had a heart attack had his entire like fucking baby vision destroyed um, was, was completely neutered and cucked by his father-in-law. And now he's, you know, the, the toast of the town, dude. I mean, he, he stayed back. It's kind of an inspirational story. You know, if you don't like triple H as a wrestler, even if you didn't like NXT that much, it, it is kind of an inspirational thing to see somebody, you know, who we all thought was DOA. I mean, we were talking a couple months ago about is, is, is Paul going to quit? You know, like so, and now that he's in this position, I mean, it's pretty. I mean, it's 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 a pretty fascinating thing to watch, um, especially with back, yeah, yeah, especially with like you know how serious these accusations are against Vince. Like, they should not be beating AEW the way they're beating AEW right now. Um, it, it it's it's very it's very counterintuitive. Um, but it, it's just crazy to me that we're basically. We're on the eve of HBO releasing a documentary on Vince McMahon, which will not, at the very least, will not be flattering. And all we can talk about is Eddie Kingston and Sammy fighting backstage in AEW. I mean, it, it really, it does say something about Triple H and about what the company has done, you know, since... Well, I thought uh, you were going to say it says something about wrestling fans prioritizing the wrong thing. <laughs> that too. I mean, that too, yeah. But, uh, good, good for Tom Haverford. Glad he's getting a win. Skinny made fun of Fatty, and now Fatty's mad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the, my my high spot is just you know the Triple H story. Uh, Robert, high spot, low spot. So my low spot was the uh, the tampering email that they made Mega send to uh, Stephanie and uh, Nick Khan. Uh, first of all, the fact that wait, they, who did they, they made who send? Uh, that they're the, the, the attorney for for oh, okay. uh, AEW. Sorry. Um, and, and what is the tampering like trying to breach contract? Like, just so this is this is one of those things where this has gone on in the entire history of professional wrestling, which is you talk to somebody and you say, hey, when's your deal up? Hey, once your deal's up, we'd love to have a conversation with you. We really think we can we can do something with you here. It, it really threads the needle in terms of what constitutes contract tampering or not, especially when these guys are all independent contractors. I don't know how the AEW contracts. I've seen this theoretically. I'm not going to give any examples, but hypothetically, theoretically, I've seen some of these sorts of things occur. 
the only way in which this is going to reach contact contract tampering is if it's like they're calling up somebody like let's say uh i don't know swerve strickland theoretically hypothetically maybe and they're like hey we can get you out of your current contract uh here's how much money we're going to offer you commit to us right now and we'll put you on tv next week you're hey, do you want to wrestle contract. at fridays at eight instead of fridays at 10 exactly you want to be on fox or do you want to be uh following the 31st showing of Aquaman? i mean especially because like I mean, I don't know if you saw SmackDown this past week. They had maybe the segment of the year, which was Roman and Sammy. It was yes. so such a blast. But like they they definitely I mean, they're doing a great job with Hit Row, man. <laughs> and like I'm sure Swerve's watching that and being like, I am the best worker amongst these guys by a million. And I'm like kind of I'm I'm even though I'm champ in AEW, it seems like I'm stuck in a dead division right now. The problem with talking about a contract tampering. And and in sending the email and publicly talking about it is if you're the better company, it shouldn't matter. Like contract tampering only works when the guys want to get out and the other company's like, yeah, no, we'll take you and we're going to pay you good money. And it's not like you can. Yeah, think it's also of guys, like, well, are we really independent contractors if you can't talk to your future business? Well, it's it, all that bounces. But I think that the tampering becomes a problem when. If I love AEW and I never want to leave it, I don't care what WWE is offering me. They're they're fucking terrible. But this is Tony Khan basically acknowledging, yeah, if you're, you know, uh, Malachi Black or Miro or Andrade or Swerve or Adam Cole or all these guys, you'd be doing a hell of a lot better in WWE and have higher earning potential versus where you are right now in AEW. But don't talk to those guys over there. It's just it's not a good look. My high spot for the week was the return of Johnny Gargano for a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, this is what NXT was built for before Vince just destroyed it. It was build talent in NXT, let them have music, let them have their spots, let them have their character, let them have a backstory. And then when they come to the main roster and they come to Raw or SmackDown, they're a fully formed character. Vince would take these fully formed characters like a Karrion Cross, like a Keith Lee, and then totally repackage them on the main roster. So the audience that was watching NXT feels like they wasted all this fucking time. Gargano came out there to his music. He was allowed to talk like a human. He got to keep his name. He got to talk about what he did in NXT. He was able to talk about Bluey, which was absolutely fucking awesome because Bluey is the best show on television. Uh, he was able to talk about his NXT accomplishments. Then they sent Theory out there to talk about their joint backstory of what they did in NXT. So it's like, all right, I was rewarded for having watched NXT for that portion of the audience. And for everybody else, it's like, hey, we now have a new Daniel Bryan on, on TV. It was great to see that Hunter understands what the point of this all was supposed to be. And hopefully means when they fully turn NXT around, you're going to get what it was supposed to be all along, which is taking a guy like a Champa or a Gargano <laughs> and raising them up and putting them onto the uh, main roster as it, the character it, they were. It also makes you realize just how much Triple H hated Punk because like it's like we see with Brian Danielson and Johnny Gargano, the whole the whole slight against Triple H, he doesn't understand these, you know, like when he was a top guy, he doesn't understand how to put these smaller guys over anything else. And he's done nothing but figure out how to put these guys, every smaller guy after, after CM Punk, he has figured out a way to make shine but it's, it's almost because, like he's doing right. it in spite of in spite of it but it's because he's retired and doesn't care anymore at the time mm -hmm. he didn't want to work with some of these guys and it's like you know they they always talk about it like the worst type of booker to have is a guy who still thinks he can go like dusty 
And when they're like, I can be still be the top guy, so I should be positioned at the top guy, they book differently than I legitimately can't wrestle anymore. My heart's going to explode. Let's just put the best wrestlers out there and hope that the product is good. And I'm hoping that the product stays uh, good because this has been fun to watch. All right. Uh, Mike, what do you got for high spot, low spot this week? Um, I will say my my high spot, I'm going to give it to that Ricky Starks promo. I thought he really stepped up and I've seen a lot of in him for a long time. And I thought that this was a real big moment for him. So kudos to him. Downside, people caring about Johnny Gargano <laughs> or being asked to care about him because like I made the problem with the Wednesday wars and, and look wrestling, you know, I always say we should just like the wrestlers we like and not just be loyal to companies, but be loyal to wrestlers. But I will say it really did make me decide like, do you care about watching these people at all? Yes or no. And it was a resounding no for me. And now when I see them <laughs> in other places or, you know, back on in the company or on the main roster, I'm like, but I already said I didn't want you. It's my feeling about Cole. Um, it has become my feeling about Lee because I was like, that guy does have something. He's not fully shown it yet. Maybe he doesn't. Um, and Gargano, I'm just like, there's such a low ceiling there. Like if the, but if this is where Which we he had some great matches of that in Cole. He had some great yeah, yeah, matches. I, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know the Oompa Loompas had some great dance numbers, but <laughs> the thing, but the, the thing is, you were nothing if not, if not consistent. I will say that. <laughs> well, the, but the thing is, is that if this is where we're at, like wrestling, really isn't a sad place. If this is who we're excited about, like like watching that my sacrifice video and seeing star after star and it's like could you even make that now who would be your like you can make that now with if you use both companies yeah <laughs> well, you, you can't make companies. another creed though that's for sure, <laughs> that's for sure. No, you can't do that that's true. but you could well, do i mean you know. if you had like kenny roman randy you know punk and all you know I, i'd buy that yeah it's just i don't know man it like and i know like it's kind of like that um the South Park where everything he hears is shit and maybe it's like it's a me problem not a company problem but like it, it just seeing like oh guys did you hear Gargano is back I'm like okay I don't even care that he was gone <laughs> <laughs> alright Scott and, and I like the matches with him and Ciampa I like different things that he's done it's just if he's your hope for the main roster, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where wrestling is. All right, Scott, high spot, low spot. Uh, high spot is Osprey just getting to be Osprey on Dynamite. I thought that was really cool. And Dude, the surprise... that guy's good. Why have you never mentioned him before? <laughs> and the fact that you know, I you know Don Callis talking through it. And, you know, saying these things like, oh, he loves Kenny Omega and, and you know, knowing that they have beef or fake beef or whatever, real beef. Uh, and then actually getting the match next week, that was just super surprising to me. And it made me excited as a fan of both of them uh, and the Bucks getting to face off against Osprey, too, was really cool. Um, high spot. This is actually really cool. And I just that was a great out, way of saying you now. don't care about Aussie Open at all. <laughs> oh wait so that is my high spot but there's also another high spot um that i didn't know about did you did you know about this the cleveland curse with cm punk and that this might have been what last night was in cleveland 
so that he quit the WWE. He walked into Vince's office and quit in Cleveland. And so he, he, I guess when it was announced that he would be fighting his first UFC fight in Cleveland against Mickey Gall, he was like, oh, I have a Cleveland curse. And then he was like, oh, no, that's not real. I was joking. And then he had his match with Mickey Gall and, you know, was murdered in Cleveland. And so now they're saying, is this the Cleveland curse? Oh, come on, man. Are we we're supposed to know this? Like, well, no, I'm not saying that, but that's good fun. You know, it's good it fun. It is fun. Man, I guess it's fun. Yeah, it's just... You know, it's a, it's like a Kubrick thing. It's like, yeah, did he really? Yeah. Or are you a fucking loser and need to look into everything, you know? I don't think it's the Cleveland curse as much as it's the... He went up against someone who knew how to fight. It's like, <laughs> when people are like, I love when people are like, you know, the Red Sox had the curse of the Bambino and they were like the last team to racially integrate. Like, yeah, I think the curse was just Boston being Boston. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing, Bobby Fish going after Punk after the match, just insulting his kicks. That was something where I went, oh, maybe, maybe people are beefing backstage and people do hate Punk on like a grander scale if Bobby Fish is involved. And then I was like, oh, maybe Bobby Fish is team Triple H, and that's why he hates CM Punk. Like, <laughs> maybe there's guys that are Triple H in AEW, like pro Triple H that hate CM Punk. It just makes me want to like bring out my inner Hank Hill and be like, shut up, Bobby. (laughs) Scott, who do you think is more liked in the wrestling community? Not who's a better wrestler, but who's more like Hunter or Punk? Hunter, right? Probably. Unless you look at it, well, you know, there's older guys, though. Like There's guys like Brett who hate Triple H, right? I mean, The Rock hated Triple H for a long time. Let's do a seance with China. (laughs) <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> she was probably she'd probably be like yeah but you know i would say hunter but i met punk once what a dick <laughs> <laughs> and yeah the low spot is the sammy eddie thing just because it just because i want to see that match make that match happen or or why why i don't know you just have to do it don't even if he was suspended for a minute do the match otherwise yeah, everything stinks, and then suspend everybody. I guess for whatever. Okay, but the fuck it's, is it makes it backstage. stupid when it's like Eddie Kingston got lit on fire and they didn't suspend anybody, but he gently shoved Sammy and he's suspended. Yeah, for well, it's and just... Sammy's explanation. Yeah, that's my fucking low spot of the week. Sammy's explanation is is uh, yikes! Just because I fear for his life now. <laughs> can, I, can I give another high spot based on what we all said? Yeah, we all were like, they should do more with that Billy Gunn feud. So I spot to Billy Gunn for yeah. fucking making it work. Like when he first came in and when the guns were there next to Kylie King at the beginning of every fucking uh, pandemic dynamite, the fact that he's over, the kids are over, the acclaimed is over. That's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. And maybe the first time ever, the kids were used to put over the father. It's like now, now the father gets to have a great singles run in AEW. Clearly, you've never, clearly you've never seen anything with Shane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, literal uh, jumper cables on the balls. <laughs> let me get some promote. By the way, like I'm as we're doing this, I'm watching clips of Luther Reigns, and I'm like, well, wrestling's not that bad. Um, uh, so rather than promote- paying attention to the wrestling podcast you're on, you're watching wrestling. Well, you know, I mean, Jesus. Was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, I could talk to Scott Getting any time, but Luther Reigns, <laughs> you, <laughs> you got to be in the mood for that. You literally, ever, Mike's impression of me is like fucking 
uh, a mentally handicapped person speaking at town hall for first time. <laughs> <laughs> it's every single impression. All right, so yeah, just, and yeah. as we saw at the roast, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike, you, hey, you compliment me afterwards. Oh, that's so sad that I even just said that. All yeah. right, what's yeah, uh, what, what me, what me I did up? though. The internet liked me. On, on the right, plus side, me... Luther Reigns was great in The Girl Next Door. <laughs> uh, Man, right, I had let's... to send that text. Someone's life was on the line. All right. <laughs> let's... <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's get into promotion. I'm on the I'm on the road doing stand-up again. This comes out Friday. Uh, so I'm, I'm at Madison Comedy Club on stage, opening for the uh, great Michelle Wolf tonight and tomorrow night and in Detroit uh then next weekend i'm gonna be in la i'm gonna see mike which is gonna be fun uh then the weekend after that uh i'm gonna be headlining the punchline in san francisco weekend after that in september i'm gonna be headlining the milwaukee tap room i'm gonna be in skank fest in october november i'm going on a southern tour including lafayette georgia houston mandeville uh and uh I'm also going to be opening up for Dan Soder that month in Detroit again and also in Nashville again. Uh, and uh, December, uh, I will, uh, New Year's right now, I'm going to be doing two shows at the Cellar Door in Frederick. It's like my favorite room. It's one of my favorite rooms ever. So I'm going to be doing rooms there. They got a great crab dip. If that's if you're looking for something to do on a, on a New Year's, folks, please become a member of our YouTube. Uh, the YouTube channel is Russell Rose. It will be going back to a Dan St. Germain and Russell Rose YouTube channel soon. So don't get confused about that. Uh, Cause I thought I quit stand up and I have not. Um, then uh, also so we're the uh, Aussie open to your Will Ospreay. <laughs> also crab dip uh, is a sex move you can do on Sonny. <laughs> oh, um, and uh yeah man yeah if you become a prison guard yeah. <laughs> our, uh, our patreon man i mean as far as like you know we're doing for five dollars you get three extra shows a month you get an extra roast a month for ten dollars i'm fucking watching a tna pay-per-view every goddamn week by myself no one else on this podcast is doing it uh it's i mean if if you're watching it with me god bless you man Cause uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm just gonna digress a little bit. You know, every week now it's like I watch Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, a TNA show, and then if there's like a New Japan thing, I gotta watch, and then if there's a pay per view, I gotta watch, and maybe if there's a UFC thing, I gotta watch. So it's like my my fucking. It sounds like something someone would say, and then and then you and then you'd hear, "Don't worry, Brittany, we're gonna get you home." <laughs> 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 I mean, I am. I mean, the thing is, you know, the sad thing is the way I'm bitching. It's also how Meltzer's like, oh, I got a big weekend. And then you realize it's just him watching six wrestling events. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, I get, I get, yeah, I get Amber alerts every time Dan listens to The Observer. <laughs> That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah, I, uh, I'll continue to keep listening to The Observer. I'm going to quit soon, though, because I, I you know, I mean, I, I canceled my Netflix. I got to cancel my Observer. So, um, all right. Yeah, well, so the next it. time you get invited to a Starcast event, right, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I would have been invited to that many more Starcast <laughs> events. But uh, this week we did watch the Scorpion King. I have watched it. It feels like a fake movie. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun to rewatch. It's pretty crazy. I mean, it's just it clearly is they do, we're just trying to do Conan the Barbarian cosplay. But um, Scott, what do you got to promote? Uh, my other podcast, Out for Smokes, with Mike Racine and Sean McCarthy, and Scott underscore Chaplin on Twitter and Instagram, and our WrestleRush accounts on Twitter, and buy our merchandise. 
Mike, uh, watch Bupkis next year on Peacock um, so that I can continue to come on this show when I want and not be yeah, here Please support week. Peacock, guys. <laughs> I, I wish I could get into it, but please support Peacock. <laughs> yeah, this, this and, uh, you know, Clash at the Castle. I mean, that right there is worth what you get your money's worth. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I still go on the Facebook group sometimes, and I'm on Instagram at Mike Lawrence. Comics. I just thought of a new show where Pete Davidson finds it's like King Ralph. He finds that he's like the Duke of a castle somewhere. Ah, oh, no, I'm the, I'm the Duke of France. I don't know. <laughs> That's my terrible Pete impression. <laughs> You'll be seeing Dan at the following comedy clubs. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm the best feature in the United States right now. <laughs> uh, all right, Robert. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at wwcreative underscore ish at the ten dollar Patreon tier. Something of sports entertainment with uh, recapping Raw. Dan joined me this week for Raw, which was uh, which was fun. Uh, we got the Facebook, the Twitter, all that good stuff. And someone put a really nice comment about Scott's other podcast and how good it is. And someone else talked about how oh, great really? our Patreon is. So it's, it's nice to get that. If you haven't written an iTunes review, uh, give us five stars, put something nice on there. Uh, it's, it always helps the algorithms. We can get new listeners because you never know when Conrad's going to suddenly sign Bubba Ray and he's going to block this episode. So uh, <laughs> help us out. Have we gotten any retroactively blocked? I don't think so. No, he, he, I mean, that requires a lot of effort on his part to get the typing wand and then try to push the, <laughs> the buttons. Typing wand. You're right. It is. He doesn't have a keyboard. He has a typing wand, which is just a giant <laughs> slim. Which is just a giant slim gym. <laughs> typing wand. I washed myself with a rag on it. Oh man! Uh, no, no, that's why he really got Megan. The hard to reach parts. That's Megan's one job. <laughs> that's not fair to Flair. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like uh, just imagine, like uh, just like a like a like a pause. Like, all right, do you want me to bring out the typing ones? <laughs> oh, we love you guys. All right, uh, and Zach, happy birthday! Any last thoughts? Wash your hands before Wash you eat birthday cake. cake. <laughs>